There are a hundred stories between you and me. O Emperor, my gentleman, my stranger, I have seen you since then, but never quite like this. Oh, hello, my friends. You've interrupted a strange scene, I'm afraid. I am not alone. But nonetheless, I say welcome. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. I will tell you what's going on. I must tell it in order, however. You see, lately I have felt strong. Very strong. I hesitate to say it lest that feeling go away, but I don't know if I'd mind terribly, because being in a place of strength, of power, of calm, can be unnerving in its own way when one is accustomed to constantly fearing, shrinking, staying silent and small. But don't mistake me, please. Just because I feel strong does not mean I am destructive. I am not my old self. I am content. I am guarding the good and the green here in my forest, and I think I always will. I do not need to explain that I am good, for I know that I am good, and even when I am not, I am striving to be on some level and so I don't need to keep insisting on it, neither to you nor to me. I am strong, but I am not vicious anymore. I do not feel the need to claw and grab, but merely to sit and breathe and protect the peace here. That is imperative even as I seek to become the magician and make change and create wonders. It is most important that I protect the peace, the joy, the abundance that I have spent so long cultivating in this forest. If I cannot recognize the power and the plenty in that, then I will not appreciate it anywhere else. Again, I am strong, but in that strength I have been concerned that I'm missing something, forgetting something, not seeing something, maybe more deliberately than I like to think. But what? I asked my tarot cards the question. This was before, earlier, when I was alone in the quiet, not knowing what to do with my content and my power. What am I not seeing? I asked, simply, for I did not know what else to ask, but was not certain that I wasn't missing something crucial. I shuffled the cards. I closed my eyes as I cut the deck. I held the question close to my heart, and I drew a card that you must believe that I drew. It was the Emperor, reversed. 
Now I say that you must believe me because 100 episodes ago, to be exact, I wrote a story inspired by a card. I did that here and there, an episode for each of the major arcana. I'm not sure if you knew at the time. I was quite secretive about it for a while. But I spoke an episode into being called Curious Empire. One hundred episodes ago. Episode 86. Now it is episode 186. Or episode 86 of season two, if you like. While I chose him last time, this time, I drew him completely by chance. Again. Reversed. I think the cards know my heart very deeply. I think I know my own heart very deeply. There are many meanings to this card. In abuse of power, maybe. Domination, rigidity, perhaps. But I think for me, what it means the most clearly is an utter rejection of the systems of power that are already in place. A rejection of the notion of establishments having control over us. But rather, instead, each of us finding our own inner power. I think this card calls us to do two things. First, to trust that we have power over ourselves and our own lives, and that we can be our own authority. And second, to understand that if it is so for us, then it is also the case for everyone else. And thusly, fighting to control or dominate other people is wrong. We must encourage each other to be our own power. Imagine what the world could be if we managed such a feat. You don't need to struggle to take others' power away from them. Nor do you need to feel that you must give yours away to another. If I could fight for just one thing, or if I could believe only one belief, I think it would be that. I see in you, in each of you, the ability to create your own reality, to have power over your own life. And I hope that you see in me the exact same. I'm here. And so are you. But also, there is someone else. I have been thinking about the emperor of which I spoke a hundred episodes ago. You know who he is. I have had a fraught relationship with him. Both here, in this sound space in which I speak with you, and in my own mind, too. He came to me as a strange, demonic, perhaps somewhat vampiric kind of figure, locked in a tower, and I accidentally set him free with my foolish curiosity, like Pandora, not knowing what I was doing. Well, maybe that is arguable, but we'll get there. I freed him from his prison and unleashed him into the world, but only after he turned me into whatever thing he was 
a thing that steals life, that brings death with only a touch, for he was an angel of death. And he grew power mad for a time, for he was accustomed to being worshipped as an ancient god. And though I defeated him after resisting his temptations, that is, to sit on a throne of bones in a kingdom full only of ghosts and corpses, he returned to my forest. I pledged myself to life here, to nature, to gentleness, to sleep. And he came, and he was on fire, and he was in pain, and he paid his penance, and he tried so hard to push his hunger down. But I still knew what he was, and so I pushed him away. Again, and again, and again. I was wrong, too. I thought I knew what he was, you see. I assumed he was all bad. But he was not. He was trying for a time to be good, and we have our cycles. Our seasons, us creatures. Us living things. Seasons of generosity and kindness. Seasons of struggling with greed and want and need. And of course we have unfinished business now. How did he get here? Let me tell it from the start. I turned the tables. Now he was a young gentleman, a human, a handsome prince, tall and dark and with blood in his cheeks and a sparkle in his eye, and utterly alive, and very, very good. He walked down a dirt road, looking longingly at the sunset over the lake tired from a day of adventuring, when he came upon... Hmm. What do you think? Should it be a tower again? Sure. Let's have it be a tower. A tower with no doors and no windows, much like a tower from long long ago, only inside, furnished and all, with candles and books and mirrors everywhere, and this time there is no dark stranger waiting, no, not for him, no, but rather, rather, something Something much like me, only all of me, all at once. Silver winter ice in my fangs and my claws, green springtime buds on my skin, my joints, purple summer grapes in my hair, 
growing from vines and autumn in my eyes. All the rest of me is autumn. My soul is autumn, reveling in life even as there is decay, living in joy alongside the memory of death, dancing in a cemetery. That is my soul. Life in defiance of death. Joy in spite of sorrow. Terrifyingly gleeful. And I am not ashamed to be that. I will be monstrous in my passion. This is what this story is about. For this story is what I create it to be. I am creator here. Now you see, this young and curious prince was drawn to my tower this time. He had places to go, kingdoms to rule, very important prince work to be done, yes, but a tower with no windows and no doors in the middle of nowhere cannot be resisted. It cannot. And so he climbed it, one stone at a time. Not sure what he was looking for, really, but just as happened with me when I was a young mortal thing, alive and confused. The stone was old, and most weathered near the top, and it is here that it caved inward, and he fell into the tower. He was shocked and frightened to see his reflection in a mirror at first. He didn't recognize himself among the dust and the rubble. But then he stared at it admiringly, for he was always so much better at admiring himself than I was. I ought to learn that skill from him. He saw the books. He saw the candles. He saw the cushions and the marble floors and the painted ceilings. Ceilings with a mural. A mosaic, maybe, of a myth, of several myths from long ago. Creatures with wings black and white, women with galaxies in their eyes, monsters with coins in their teeth, myths, legends, that somehow never matter in the moment because we are too busy creating new ones. He is just a frail little soul, even in an impressive frame as the one he's found in this life. Just like I am a frail little soul, even in my impressive frame as the one I've found in this life. And I am so happy to see him wandering in, repeating cycles that must be repeated. I am so happy that I laugh. <laughs> and he appears afraid, and that's all right. That is what it must be. He brings my destruction, and I his. And that is what it must be. It's all right to be afraid. 
he sees, at the closest mirror to him, where he still admires his strong jaw and his blue eyes and his dark hair and his endless smile. A handprint. My handprint. And against the glass, breath. I move so fast he cannot see me. Just traces of me. And he shakes, he trembles, and I feel bad, but I mustn't. For this is our dance. His and mine. I never realized it until now. I thought I must end him, I must leave him, we must separate in order for me to be free. But seeing him here, I see that I am the ancient god in the tower, and he is the unwitting sacrifice. But I will not hurt a hair on his head. Not in the way he thinks, anyway. And I walk towards him, Slowly now, realizing that he knows I am coming and he does not run. I emerge from the shadows, timeless and of spirit and earth, my now autumn brown eyes almost human and familiar to me anyway but nothing else human now, not here. He is the human. And what a sight I bring to his eyes. See, human, see. See the decay I bring about me, but see more than that. The growth, the life, See the vines in my hair growing as I speak, little, big human. See the grapes grow, ripen, then shrink, then die. It is all life. It is not up in the air where the spirits fly. It is down here, in the dirt where good things grow. Where he brought death once, I bring that very growth instead. He stops shaking, for I know he sees me and he sees something familiar. Maybe that's why I didn't run from him all those years ago either. Ah. We've danced this dance before. Step, touch, step, touch, spin, twirl, dip, bow. Repeat our everlasting waltz. Only I'm leading it now. And I suddenly clasp him tight in my arms and green-growing things branch into him, deep under his skin, and my kiss fills his lungs with tree roots, and my claws inject tree sap into his veins, 
and my warmth starts a fire in his soul, and he remembers that I created him. Not the other way around. I lied to even myself about that. No, do not fear, sweeting. It cannot be denied that you, my love, are a part of me. That's why you keep coming back. I wrote a companion who was part of me, but the part of me I wanted to pluck out and stomp on the ground. My darkness, my passion, and worst of all, my pride. I have denied you in favor of peace and quiet, but the longing for beauty and for horror and the longing for longing, yes, it does not go away. In fact, it screams loudly in my heart, and I cannot find peace and quiet if I do not accept that darkness, passion, and pride. I cannot be ashamed of it, for this is the part of me I share best. Why do I keep burning you away, or clipping your wings, or banishing you from my woods? or locking you up in your cruel temple. That reminds me, your curious empire. One hundred episodes ago, you said to me, in a dark place full of terror, your eyes full of rage and vengeance, your voice deep and haunting. Don't you want to take my hand? And I refused, because I thought you were all bad. I thought you were the villain, and I, dare I say, <laughs> the hero. <laughs> My dear darkness, let me tell you how I love you. I'm sorry, my friends listening here. I do not mean to give you an insight into too intimate a thing, but I bet you too are struggling to love a part of yourself, some part of yourself, large or small. So if you choose to listen, I wish that you too may love your darkness, so you can grow with it and it with you. But I do not address you. I address him. It's been so long since I've seen him after all. As I was saying, my dear darkness, let me tell you how I love you. I want to struggle with you until the end of time. I want to perform this dance over and over and over. I want to hunt down and catch and transform the part of me that is ashamed of my darkness, power and pride, and remind it that if you push those things down, they grow stronger and stronger each day, and one day you may face them again, and then you may be truly terrified of what you find there. 
And should I forget that, all of that, my dear stranger, perhaps stranger no more, then you have every right to hunt me down like the monster you are, frightening and thrilling and lovely like all the books I've ever loved and all the poems I ever wept over. And you can catch and transform me too, to remind me that my heart is in a story, a complicated and turbulent love story, with the darkest part of myself. We will struggle onward, hand in hand, my ancient love, my dark stranger, my gentle man. My little, big, human. You came here looking for the Emperor. You told me one hundred years ago, when your six black wings, and your crown of rubies and bones, and your endless black hair gleamed in the darkness. Do you remember? And do you remember what you said next? You thought you came here looking for the Emperor. What you found was the magician. <sighs> and so it is. Just different this time. He lies on the floor of my tower, growing, changing. Meanwhile, I see a table by a mirror, and on that table there is a cup, there is a wand, there is a large golden coin, and there is a large dagger. I feel a humming, a vibration just around my head, just over my head. And it is a strange sound that I can somehow hear now for the first time and know that it has always been this sound. I am here. And now I am grinning widely because in the mirror, whether I am this elemental spirit, or a girl with glasses and a computer, the image keeps changing. It's hard to see just what I am anymore, and what a delight. Or whether I am the part of me that I kept banishing and burning and pushing away, now safe with me here, again so that we can always be together. I am still the magician, too. And I see thousands watching me from the mirrors. Hello, friends. And I see you all changing, too, as you stand there, for you are always changing. I wonder if you're thinking about a part of you hidden away, 
transforming into something else, maybe. But do not look to me for counsel. Do not look to a single other person for counsel. Look to yourself and your other selves and know that you are your own emperor. You know what you believe. You know what you are. You know the truth. Oh, he's awake. Hello, sweet little big human. Well, not anymore. This time you are something very different. But your smile, your strange smile is exactly the same, isn't it? A monster of silver winter, green spring, purple summer, and with the soul of autumn, you used to wilt flowers with a caress, you used to kill trees with a breath. Now, you are the wilting flower, you are the dying tree, and all the little buds growing from its fallen acorns, too. The tower is gone again. I destroyed it with a whispered thought. We are in my forest once more. Well, I am. And I feel him somewhere here with me. Somewhere. Good. We are stronger when we are whole. The story tonight, if you would like a summary, was about a monster in a tower who trapped a human prince and turned him into a forest monster so that she wouldn't be quite so alone. Only I don't think we will desert each other again, he and I. I've decided that I am no longer interested in despising him. He is from me. He is mine. He is me. If he is my darkness, my passion, and my pride, then let me be dark, passionate, and proud. Together again. Whole again. And if each of us can encourage each other to be together and whole with all sides of ourselves, wise and powerful, each in our own way. And what a magical world I think it could be. I believe it can be. I know it will be. Oh, look. It already is. Good night, good night, wherever you are.
Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for listening to episode 186 of On a Dark, Cold Night. This is Kristen Zaza, your host, writer, podcaster, narrator, composer, creator of the show here. The snow has been falling all day, and I'm so grateful that it's still winter here for some reason. It's so beautiful. I know not everything is peaceful, but it's peaceful to watch a snowflake fall to the ground. I was glad for that today. Big thank you first and foremost to everyone who supports the show on a monthly basis via Patreon. I'm so grateful for your support. If you'd like to support me in this way, I'll let you know about a couple of perks you can receive. Every patron of $1 or more receives access to my ever-growing soundtrack, while every patron of $5 or more gets that, as well as access to a monthly tarot reading video I upload for the full moon. We have a full moon in Virgo coming up, in a few days, I think, so I'll be releasing a video for that soon. It kind of influenced this week's episode a little, now that I think of mentioning it. Anyway, if you'd like to learn more about becoming a patron, head on over to my page at patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. You can also donate one time only without those perks by buying one or more metaphorical coffees through coffee.com. Learn more at ko-fi.com slash darkcoldnight. And finally, we have t-shirts and hoodies for purchase at bonfire.com slash on-a-dark-cold-night. Another great way to support the show is to leave a rating or review on iTunes or wherever else you like to rate and review podcasts. You can follow me on my socials. I'm on Twitter at a dark cold night, Instagram at dark cold night podcast, Facebook and YouTube just on the pages called on a dark cold night, and on TikTok at Kristen Zaza. Thank you again, my friends. This story has been a long and winding one but it is all mine, so I'm working to embrace every chapter of it. Good night, my friends, and sweet dreams. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar.